Thanks for signing up for the Public <laughs> Podcast, episode six. Your host this week, myself, Lee, and Reed. Holy smoke, we're in the same room. This we is are. like not allowed. Uh, here we are on March the 18th. Things are changing by the day. The future of the podcast is in jeopardy. No, well, temporarily, uh, maybe. Some, yeah, something will take place next week uh, in some capacity. We'll, do, we'll pull Monday Night Raw and it'll be like the best yeah. of. <laughs> Give me a hell yeah! I'll be. Uh, that was fantastic, by the way. Like, I watched a little bit more of Raw we'll, last we'll night. We'll get to that on Friday. We'll get yeah. to that on Friday. That's, that's Friday's business. And who knows where everybody is by Friday. Uh, so, maybe it's best to talk about Raw now. Here on the Video Game Podcast. Uh, no, the, the worst that will happen is uh, either I will do a light version of the podcast just to talk about news, or we'll do a compiled thing where you record something separately and send it to me. Uh, but the mandate seems to be working from home. Uh, yeah, we both work together, by the way. And uh, we got the orders today that if you can work from home starting next week, you must... Yeah. Um, so it looks like I'll be working from home. Um, sure. Pants off. Pants off, baby. Speaking of pants off, Reed, what have you been playing this, this past um, week? <laughs> I kind of just abandoned everything. Well, I shouldn't say abandoned everything. So I'm very much on FS... Abandoned F- reason F- for madness. <laughs> so I'm playing three things right now. I'm still playing original Final Fantasy VII on the PS4, having an absolute blast with it. Um, the three times speed really helps with grinding when I want to do very specific things. Yeah. So right now... And if you ever get in trouble, you click that other stick, and there's no problem. Yeah, so I'm not even at the temple... Yeah. <laughs> I haven't used it. So uh, right, I'm right before the Temple of the Ancients on the sure. first disc, so I'm not even cool on the music first disc. in the, uh, the, the city area there. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> so already level 50. Yeah. Uh, I have clouded... I'm using three different HP plus uh, materia, so he's already at seven thousand HP. This is fucking. I have max. Names. I have almost max cover and max counterattack materia, so he automatically counters attack everything. You, you can covers. do that sweet ass thing. Yeah, so you cover and, and counter, and yeah. then I also yeah. give him added effect. Um, so I give him HP uh, absorb with mug too. Sure. So when he does have his free turn, he mugs and gets uh, HP back since he's covered everybody. It's the perfect build. Like yeah. he'll never let anybody die because he's and taken. That sounds all the like damage. my near automata build. I guess so, yeah. It was all just but, about... No, but yeah. Cloud's whole purpose is that he covers for the teammates, and then he counterattacks, and then when it's his turn, he can steal an attack and get health back. It's it's a fantastic... Incredible. Game. Yeah, anyway... Also, speaking of, like, this, we were just talking about the soundtracks for Final Fantasy, that it's like, what's better, 7, 8, or 9? It's like, they're all equal to me. Also, the fact that you mentioned a part of the game you're at, and I was able to pull the OST from the back of my ass... Is it speaks like if you're like Fisherman's Horizon? Yeah, I'm Final sh- Fantasy VIII. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure one day we'll do a whole Final Fantasy like what we do for New Vegas, but for all Final Fantasies, like an episode is like one particular Final Fantasy. Anyway, I think Sevens is the most consistent overall. But going past that, it's very strange because right now I'm streaming uh, Crisis Core on Twitch.tv slash Bonestorm Doors. Oh shit! I don't yeah. even have to tell you to plug. This or one. you can check me on YouTube at YouTube Bonestorm Doors, where I'm uploading my reads going digital. People, check yeah. it out. So I'm uploading yeah. my streams of Crisis Core. So I'm playing Crisis Core. And I remember watching... Like, Have you, is this your first time playing Crisis Core? Yes, but I did game. watch um, yeah. like the cutscenes and like a playthrough when I was really young. So I I remember some of <laughs> Back it. Back when the game came out in 2007? Yeah, like, was, yeah I would have been yeah. um, 13. So they did Square did like a big Se- Final Fantasy VII festival, uh, I think around it, the game's... What would it be like? It's 20th anniversary, right? No, 10th anniversary. Uh, and there was Dirge of Cerberus, there was Crisis Core, there was Advent Children... And it was basically like, oh baby, if you wanted more Final Fantasy VII, 
here's some weird stuff that kind of looks like it, but really kind of changes Any, the... Yeah. Yeah. So I'm playing through Crisis Core right now, and I remember watching these walkthroughs, and I recently watched Advent Children with some people at work. That's unfortunate. Um, and I start, <laughs> and I, I was just watching various clips of Dirge of Cerberus, just because I'm, I'm absorbing a lot of FFC right now. Sure. I, you know, I'm taking big, it in. I'm a big fan. Yeah. So it's always perplexed me, and this is even more uh, outstanding now that I'm playing the original Final Fantasy VII, is Aerith. So, Aerith. Eris, please. Eris, whatever. On this podcast. Um, so when you're playing FF7 original, like, she's a very well-defined character. Right. She's quirky. She has a personality. Yeah, she's quirky. <laughs> she's confident. She's sassy when she needs to be. There's, yes. There's a great moment. Don't fall in love with me, gamers. And yeah. then they did. Yeah, there's a great moment where when you first meet Aerith at the beginning of the game, she sells you a flower for one gill. Yeah. Now, later in the wall market section where you're doing the cross-dressing stuff. Right. Um... If you go in the Honey Bee Inn, you can't take Aerith with you. But when you come out, you'll see a bunch of dudes are talking to Aerith. And Aerith is saying, I'm selling flowers for 100 gil a flower now instead. Aww. So she's hustling them. Yeah. Like that, something small like that shows a lot of character to her. But, like I said, I'm absorbing all these other Final Fantasy VII things. Crisis Core, Dirge Servers, Avent Children. And Aerith is not, like, they made her some angelic, <clears throat> right. holier-than-thou pure innocent manifestation of all that is good and right. that's not who Aerith is in my opinion no. um i think it's it's like they lost track and this is something very interesting that i wanted to bring up that someone said uh, that i saw on like a reddit post or twitter or something that it said final fantasy 7 has three big problems to deal with and that's cloud sephiroth and Aerith. Yeah. Because everybody has their own version in their head of Cloud, Sephiroth, and Eris. Some people do view Eris as this holier-than-thou thing and not sassy or anything because maybe they haven't played FF7 in a long time or they just read it weird. Right. Uh, Sephiroth, like, when you see him in Advent Children or uh, Dirge of Cerberus, he's very personal to Cloud. But in original Final Fantasy VII, he's very disconnected from humanity. Right. He has a god complex. He doesn't, like, directly reference Cloud all that much. And Cloud especially, people are very used to the emo, quiet Cloud, when, as we know from the beginning of original Final Fantasy VII, he's very cocky and brash. Not, like, super talkative by any means, but he's not right. He's not depressed. Well, you have Sephiroth, who is the allegorical embodiment of the meteor spell, and then you have Eris, who is the same for the holy spell. Yeah, that I, is to well, save I'm, the yeah, world. Right? All I'm just saying is that a lot of people are in for a big surprise when the remake comes out because a lot of these characters are going to be acting differently than what you think they are in your head. Sure. Because especially with the older games with no voiceovers, like, you only get so much from text, you have to put your own flair behind it in your head. So the, the uh, what you're trying to say is, while we will get some uh scripting lifted right out of the original Final Fantasy 7. You think anything in the expanded Final Fantasy 7 remake might have this weird no personality version version no. of Eris. No, I just I'm saying no. I'm saying some people are going to be going into remake expecting this holier than thou pure innocent Eris and right. they're going to get a likable Eris. Then, yeah, then they're going to get the Eris that's hustling guys and they're going to be like, "Oh wow, that's weird and different." Or yeah. people are going to go in there expecting Sephiroth to be like Hey, cloud, right. cloud, cloud, we, we cloud. We were talking about that right before the uh, the show started, is that after everything to do with Eris after Final Fantasy VII proper, uh, Advent Children and Crisis Core and everything like that, has has the, even though they're prequels in the case of Crisis Core, has the idea of her that she is the martyr, she does get killed in the game. Spoilers. 
uh, and what becomes of her. Therefore, they completely, instead of giving her just a likable personality and her being the character she was, they have now, uh, it's, it's like the doom, the, oh, look at how, look how sad. Look at, look at how innocent this character is. Yeah. Instead of just her being her character. Yeah, and I then understand. you go to original yeah. Final Fantasy VII and she's hustling dudes near a strip right. club. Which, like, as I said, was the reason why her death is impactful. Yeah, is that you actually she's like a, the yeah, character. Yeah, she's a character. Yes. She's a human. She's, sorry, I guess an ancient too. Right. Let's compare her to another, uh, let's compare her to Zelda. The princess. Depending yeah. on the, the game we were talking about, she is involved very little in the in the plot. Uh, when she is involved, she is kind of a go-getter. She has usually more uh, focused on the task at hand than Link is, working from the shadows, etc. She's holding uh, Calamity Ganon at bay for a hundred years in the fucking temple while Link <laughs> sleeps, for example. Uh, so she is this like strong female character that you never get to interface with. Um yeah, I, yeah, but then you play Wind Waker and her pirate equivalents just way fucking different. Tetra. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So I'm playing Crisis Core. Playing Final Fantasy VII, Final Final Fantasy VII uh, Crisis Core stream and please check it out. It's good times. So how do you like Crisis? How do you like Final Fantasy Kingdom Hearts? Um, it's weird. <laughs> um, I don't know if I like it. If or you not. do all the side missions, you very quickly become over leveled, and the main quest just becomes you. Oh, slam the game is really them. easy. It's yeah. very easy. It's very yeah. easy. Um. I was taken aback by just how linear it is. It plays more like an action RPG visual novel than right. it does an action. But it goes through all the set pieces of Final Fantasy VII. That's yeah. what I was trying to explain before. Yeah, I'm like, but what it feels like is you do five seconds of walking, battle, five yeah. seconds of Pick walking, cutscene, yeah. five seconds of walking, battle, cutscene, five seconds of walking. It's very jarring. Three hours of side missions yeah. to overlevel yourself. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's weird. And then I'm also, of course, playing uh, New Vegas. Well, of course. Of course. <laughs> just always play. Just assume we're always playing new yeah. games. Uh, are you going to play Dirge of Cerberus? That's a game I've played quite a bit. You have? I've played Dirge of Cerberus a lot. I watched... I watched... I started, I started to watch a playthrough and it looked really boring. It's it's a third-person shooter where you can turn into a werewolf. So, right, that appeals like, to you. Right, the shooting didn't seem particularly fun. It's not. And it's it a, didn't seem like you did anything besides shooting. It's like a PS2 third-person shooter. Yeah. It looks good for its time. Uh, should you play it? I'll go play Gun on the PS2 instead. Oh, fuck yeah. There's a game. I love Holy Gun. Holy shit. I love Gun. You get the exploding arrows and there's dismemberment. That's yeah, all I need to say. Like, um, <laughs> anyways. Talk uh, about what, Gun after New Vegas. Shit, confirmed. Gun's so good. Yeah, <laughs> Gun's next, baby. Turns out, you're Native American. Uh, no, uh, so, I've been playing uh, some Division 2 with my buddy, of course. Oh, Let me shit. tell you something. Anytime the story comes up in that game, you're like, oh boy. It's going. A right little there. too real for yeah. Division 2. Um, control... Uh, so I promised Nick here in the office that I would go back to control. I, I am at a point in the that. game where I'm at all these side quests that are just boss fights. Uh, so I saved myself. I, I left one boss fight. I'm like, I'll come back to this fucking shit later. To go into another boss fight. Uh, got my ass kicked three times. Came very close to beating it on the third time. And then just kind of quick. So I'm like, I don't, I don't feel like playing a game that's just beating me down right now. Um, <laughs> but control is a fantastic game in its own right. And I plan very much to finish that game. As I, Like I said, I'm in the last quarter of the game just doing some mopping up some side quests and then going for the clear uh very close to a platinum trophy as well so i need to fucking finish that game also that game's fantastic it has dlc coming out as i just said uh monster hunter world grab that thing on game pass because i felt just like beating the shit out of a monster the other day and seeing how it ran on the well, xbox one aren't X. you already like pretty level up in ps4 though so on the ps4 monster hunter world exactly uh i am end game in that but i haven't played iceborne so re- yeah no, realistically I'm, I'm at the same yeah. place as you are actually i'm end game in monster hunter yes. world i got to those like what were they called like omega your tempered like god monsters and stuff yeah so uh, i got to that stuff i just never picked up yeah so iceborne. i like 
I went through a lot of that on PS4, on, on, but it was free on Game Pass, and I'm like, oh, you know what? You know what I find fun in games is when I've really mastered a game, I know anything about it, I'm very good at playing it from a skill point of view, I like firing it up and just seeing, like, I'm just going to go headlong into it, see how far I can get, uh, and then you fire it up and you realize with this new update, because they want people to be able, uh, at the point we are in the PS4 game, the end game, they give you a set of gear and weapons that you can make. That cost nothing and make you a god in the in the normal and well, hard mode. So you can start Iceborne, right? So you could start at Iceborne, which is the same as Endgame Monster Hunter World. So basically, they've put I'm at the beginning of the game with end level gear well, that they've just actually, handed no, me. No, I actually I think that's pretty nice. That's yeah. an absolute great option. Yeah. But it's a, it's again in my uh, my well then my, don't my coffee table book I'm reading. Uh, that's Reed says just don't he don't understand uh, is that that stuff's just there it's built into the game now right so I can spend all I can spend 10 iron ore to upgrade this sword that sucks or for one iron ore I can have an end game weapon wait right sure but if you wanted to monster hunter world it, just wanting to do the vanilla content and not iceborne right just go fucking play the vanilla content which well that's what weapon. I'm doing yeah but it gives me this gear so now I'm like you know what fuck it so I equip these this gear <laughs> And I'm just like See, no self control. Yeah, that's what great, I kept great, saying. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, great Jagras comes out and it's like, oh, watch the fuck out. That's the Great Jagras. I hit him five times and he died. <laughs> it was it was like kind of funny. Uh, so that's fun. Well, just Monster go right Hunter to World. Iceborne. You might as well. Like, I, well, it, I'm not going to buy Iceborne on the on the Xbox. I'm going to buy. Oh, it on they PS4. give you that shit. What you don't even have to buy. This it. shit is free. This oh. shit is part of the main game. So if you went and bought a copy of Monster Hunter World right now, you would get this shit regardless oh. of having the DLC. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, so the only problem there is, is for new players, uh, it doesn't introduce a ramp in any way in terms of like a skill ceiling. So you're really right, just like, like this game's fucking piss easy. Yeah, no, uh, well, not even that, but it would be very jarring once you do get to Iceborne and like, you're this facing... game's like playing God Eater. It's so easy. No, but <laughs> like if you went to Iceborne not having played any vanilla content, you can't because it's it's end game content. It's like that's the why like Iceborne wasn't a very popular like retail product. Is that it's only for people who have played 50 hours of the main game. No, it's, like, so right. if I bought Iceborne, like, yes. the complete edition, I would have to play the vanilla content first? Uh, well, you would have that extra gear available to you, so you could do either or. Okay, so, yeah. no, what I'm saying is, the, Joe the, Schmo off the street picks up right. Monster World, never played it before in his life, and he just goes right to Iceborne. He could. He'd yeah. get shit he would on. Probably, probably get his ass kicked because, yeah. like I said, there's no skill. There's yeah, no skill did, yeah, ramp. Yeah, he hasn't right? he hasn't ramped up right. those monsters. And also, the Iceborne monsters are made to be the hardest things in the game. Yeah, uh, harder than even the Elder go- uh, Elder Dragons, the stuff, Elder so. Gods, the Elder Gods, Cthulhu. the Elder Gods. <laughs> anyway, other than that, I've been playing New Vegas. Hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Give me a hell yeah. There's too hell much. Yeah. There's too much to talk about with New Vegas. I mean, we're gonna be talking about it later anyway. So. Yeah, stay tuned for the next ten minutes. So we'll be back to talking about <laughs> New Vegas. But first, but first. Uh, Mark Cerny hosted uh, what is basically their GDC talk about the PS5 today. Uh, Mark Cerny, <laughs> uh, very much like a university professor, he's standing up there and he's talking about specs. People expected this to be like, here's the games, here's the price, this is the controller. No, he's no, no, like, no. He's this like, guy's like, here's teraflops, we, we use we the silicon. 60 yeah. frames gigahertz per second. Yes. So this was very much... Well, a, that's what uh, I was expecting. I don't know anything about specs, so I didn't give a shit about this. This was... Uh, yeah. So uh, it's very fast. It's using solid-state uh, drive technology. It will play all PS4 games. All PS4 games are expected to be 100% compatible for launch. I'm keeping this to the things that I think the general public would be interested in. Uh, the actual CPU and 
clock speeds and stuff like that. You can find that all online. It's, it's going to have fast. <laughs> it, it's a fast. It's a fast console, and uh, on paper, based on the fact that it's using, uh, it has like insane video RAM and stuff. Uh, it will be a more powerful console than the Xbox Series X, based on what we know right now. Um, the PS5 will it come out this year? Will we'll see? <laughs> uh, no mention of the price uh, or anything like that. This was strictly. A list of specs. Here's what it can do. Here's what we're trying to do. Uh, Mark Cerny, who was the architect of the PS4 as well, he was also, uh, I believe, director on Knack and Knack 2, amongst a lot of other things. Mark Cerny, uh, very much ingrained in, uh, in in Sony. So you can go check that out. It's an hour long, and uh, it's it, it feels like a university lecture. So just be aware of that. It's not a huge stage presentation. It's a GDC talk where this guy is just telling developers and people out there, this is what this thing is. This is what it can do. This is what we're planning to do with it. Talk to you later. Um, so that's what it was. Uh, yeah, Nintendo was- held an indie showcase yesterday showing off a bunch of indie games that will be coming to the Switch. Uh, they have a Nintendo regular Nintendo Direct planned for the next couple weeks because after Animal Crossing this Friday... They really don't have any AAA games announced, so expect them to be dropping some news. Well, isn't Breath of the Wild two? Breath of the Wild two is known, but, but we don't we don't know a release date or anything about no. it. They they posted a teaser trailer. That was it. So oh, riff and pepperoni. Uh, you you could expect you know they could do something like a Super Mario Odyssey two. They could absolutely they could do that. So uh, Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing New Horizons yes. uh, against all odds will be launched this Friday. No, I think this is my. I, Dare I say, maybe their sales will be higher than normal. Hard to say, because there's a lot less places to buy it physically, from which an, does shake some publishers. From an emotional standpoint, I'm very happy these games are coming out. My like my girlfriend is severely asthmatic. Sure. Um, so during this whole coronavirus stuff, she's I don't want to say she's like crying every minute, but she's she's very nervous. Yeah. Um, so, but Animal Crossing has been something she's very much been looking forward to for the last couple of years. Well, it's been canceled. No shame. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so this is going to be a big relief to her. I'm also in need of a little bit of stress relief. And there's nothing that says stress relief like... Ripping and tearing the hordes of hell. Ripping and tearing the hordes of hell. Uh, so it, it is worth mentioning at the point of recording this, both of these games are sitting at a 90-plus on Metacritic with people calling Doom Eternal the greatest first-person shooter in recent memory. And Animal Crossing, people are saying they've put well, in clearly 80... they haven't played they haven't played Brink. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Clearly no one has, so we don't actually know if Brink is the best FPS of all time or not. No one can say. Uh, speaking of games that came out in 2007. Uh, Bethesda, <laughs> mind you, too. You're shitting in your own backyard. Uh, Animal Crossing, people are saying they've put in like 80 hours over a handful of days and they're still anticipating playing it every day. Uh, this new Animal Crossing game, for my money, was going to be the biggest Switch release of all time. Uh, and even more so it's, now. It's crazy that, that it's even, like, with Pokemon being a thing, that's even... Yeah, but also that was the worst Pokemon game of all time. Yeah, but it was the best-selling Pokemon game of all time. So. But every subsequent Pokemon game is the best-selling Pokemon no, game I'm of all time. No, I'm just saying that it's crazy to me that Animal Crossing will be outselling Pokemon, which is the biggest IP. Which looks in, like the case. Right? It's the biggest IP in the whole fucking world, Lee. Yeah, that's right. It makes more money than Pokemon. Marvel and DC combined. <laughs> I mean, you can just say Marvel. It's... Less impressive <laughs> if you include DC. Look, it's either 95% The emancipation or 100%. of heart. Thank God they got that out in theaters uh, before all this went down. Are you guys Ooh. ready for the new mutants? <laughs> no. Uh, so, yes. Morbius. <laughs> Look forward to our thoughts on Doom Eternal in Reed's case and Animal Crossing New Horizons. It's going to be a great episode. Heaven or Hill. Let's rock. Yeah. Uh, and of, it, it bears mentioning the continued uh, crossover community art between Isabel and the Doom Slayer. 
uh, it's, online it's, is very heartening. Uh, yeah, it's very wholesome. It's, yes. You'd like to see it. Um, usually two, you'd get some douche baby like, no, Doom has to be well, people, serious. Yeah, people are like, oh, could you pick two more different games? I'm like, that's, that's the opposites attract. That's the point of it. Uh, and then apparently like the Animal Crossing devs and the Doom devs have kind of spoke out and they were like, we, we fucking love this. Like, this is, yeah. this is fantastic. Because nobody, nobody working at ID Software is worried that somebody's going to buy Animal Crossing over Doom. Yeah. And nobody working yeah. at Nintendo yeah. is worried that... No one's going to buy Doom over Animal Crossing. Right, and the fact that amidst all of this, two, two 9 out of 10s, at very least, are dropping in two days uh, will be much... Will be a really nice uh, relief this weekend yeah. as my wife hogs the Switch and I'll just sit there and watch her play. Yeah, shout out to Hugo Martin, <laughs> um, the game director at ID Software for sure. Doom Eternal. It's id. It's just... It's Whatever. Id, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. It it's is okay. id. Yeah. Um, it's id. What is it? Hugo, if you ever want to come on the podcast, by all means. Yeah, invite Hugo down. <laughs> Fly on up to Washington. I'm semi-serious about that. I think he's a really cool guy and he loves to talk about his games. Be like Eric Andre, you'll have to stand in the yeah, corner. In the, <laughs> like, in, the total, in the total offshoot chance that Hugo ever hears or sees anything about this. He's like, in light of the coronavirus pandemic, I will now start traveling the country doing Rinky Dink podcast interviews. We can do it over the internet, Lee. I will oh, that's make, right. I will make this compromise for Hugo Martin. Okay, you're calling him out. Yeah. Uh, I have one story here, but I'm kind of speaking uh, about everything all-encompassing here. Uh, is that Rockstar is bringing bonuses to Red Dead Online, as are many game uh, publishers at this point. They are adding things to their games as a, as a live service games right now are uh, very important. Uh, the idea that they can, even from their homes where they're working, uh, update these things, add things to these games, keep them fresh as people have nothing to do but sit home and play them. Uh, video games are... A fantastic pastime. Turns out video games a little more enjoyable when you're skirting other responsibilities to play them. Or you have the option of leaving your house. Uh, so even then, video games are a great pastime. Love to see all this. The I'm going to put someone on blast right now. Oh. Google Stadia. What the fuck are you doing? Stadia. You have this infrastructure. You have the overhead. You're owned by fucking Google. You could do something as drastic as for one week we're making... Games X through whatever free. We're we're making a big move while people are at home to stream something using the things they may already have to do something, and they're fucking radio silent. So fuck them. Uh, and I, is, is Stadia taken off? Like no. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> it should soon be taken like, down. Imagine trying to release a new gaming platform in 2020 against all the competition that already exists. Well, they released it in. 2019 read uh and the problem we're now hearing kind of emerge about the stadia is that when publishers went to the stadia and stadia went to them saying hey we want your game on our 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 platform also it's going to cost you more to publish on stadia than anything else that exists and And you'll make way less money you'll make way less money and we need a proprietary version of it that isn't your pc version that's the stadia version so it's money making for another console uh, right, a more expensive console with the least user base, with the with the smallest user. And that's base. including a, a a console race that includes the Xbox One, right? Because so. anybody <laughs> in their right fucking mind is either going to buy a PS4, a Switch, so I guess sometimes an Xbox One. The the Stadia was pitched to a niche market, but it was also pitched to a person that doesn't exist. That is a hardcore gamer that wants to get rid of their console. And that or, person doesn't fucking yeah, exist. Or even hardcore or gamer who has a goddamn $4,000 <laughs> PC at home. Right. Like, so who's the Stadia for then? It's 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 not uh, for anybody. Well, given, even casuals... If it had a huge game library and the subscription service made sense, the idea that you're paying them to buy games off of them 
is imagine if Steam did that. Imagine if there was a Steam subscription for twenty dollars a month on top of you paying full price for video games. It's fucking it fucking make any fucking sense. Uh, like, why would any Joe family being like? I got two kids. They're like, right. they're like 15 and 10. So I need Google's, a console for them. Google's trying to literally change how we think about consoles. It's trying to do a streaming console that is just in the cloud, in right. the internet. But why would I... I could either pay $80 to right. pay Doom Eternal on my PS4 so right like now, Vince or Mc... I can pay $20 and then $80 to pay Doom Eternal on the Or Stadia. whatever the case. Yeah, like, like Vince McMahon's XFL, it's going to lose money for the first couple of years, but Google doesn't seem interested in that aspect of the business... Uh, and they don't understand that we are creatures of habit. Everybody's looking forward to buying a PS5 for $600, not paying you a subscription fee to have access to a fucking tiny bathtub full the of video only, games. Yeah, the only console that is quote-unquote new that people buy a lot is Xbox. And that's been which around, is weird. Which yeah. That's been around for 20 years. And yeah. even then, Xbox doesn't perform as well as PlayStation and PC games, from my understanding. Right. And especially not Nintendo. Nintendo yep. and PlayStation have been constant for a long goddamn time. Xbox, pretty decent right. amount. Like, there's, there's no way this. So you're the new guy on the block. Out. You have one or two indie exclusive games. You have no plan for when more games will be added. You're taking 30 days in between communicating with your fans, and at a certain point, uh, their subscriptions lapsed. And when they did, now suddenly you can't play the free games you had for free because your subscription is up. You need to pay that subscription to have access to the games. If you bought the games, they are there. It's a whole confusing thing. Let's stop talking about it. Okay. Uh, but I'm just trying to say, in, in face of what's happening right now, you've got the overhead. You've got the money behind you. You're fucking Google. Spend, spend a few billion dollars and, and change the conversation around your device. Yeah. Not interested. They just do nothing. They haven't said shit. Yeah. Uh, so fuck them. I, uh, anyway. I like how consoles work right now, personally. I think they work just fine. Right. And that's not to say that Google Stadia doesn't have a list of features that consoles don't have, including the fact that you don't have to buy the box, etc., and the graphics could be potentially better, etc., depending on your internet uh, connection. The fact of the matter is, if you're trying to change the industry like you propose you are, you've got to spend a lot oh, of money. Oh, and especially, we're not even considering... One last thing about the Stadia shit. Yeah. We're not even considering people that don't have constant internet access. Believe me, there's people out there that don't have constant internet access. Right. You go all the time on Amazon to any internet-only game, like Destiny. I can show you web orders for PS2 games all day long uh, that back up your claim, right? Like, it's... Well, No, but just go to any online-only game on the newer consoles, like Destiny on PS4, on Amazon. Go to the, like, go to any, if you go on a group of 10 reviews, you're going to find at least two that goes, I had no idea this was online-only, this is useless to me. Yeah, the idea in 2020 that someone doesn't have a constant internet connection. Oh, well, you know, Wi-Fi. people live out on, the, on farms oh, absolutely. and shit. Or maybe their internet connection is just so shit that like they right. don't even bother connecting. But if you ask, if you tell this to Google, their solution would be, well, they'll just get better. Internet providers will get better. Yeah. Uh, to match our needs. That's not how fucking business works, friend. Yeah. Anyway, we should we should we should move on. <laughs> Getting all upset. You talk about Fallout New Vegas. Fallout New Vegas <laughs> Part Two. Yeah, ring a ding ding, baby. Uh, so last week we tried to give a sweeping oversight of the game, including the first few hours of the game, which see you uh, arriving at Prim. General gameplay mechanics, how the RPG yeah. systems work. So now that me and you are both playing this game again, I feel like we were able to dig in a little more on very specific things in this game, including systems. Uh, so as we did with Nier Automata, I would like to spend the beginning of each part of these kind of explaining an aspect of the game. Uh, we kind of talked about factions last time, uh, how you can 
can be vilified, hated, loved, beloved by certain factions, and yeah. that will do anything from uh, the merchants will give you better prices to, to people randomly attacking you in, in the, the streets. Middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, we also have to talk about there's a repair mechanic, and don't confuse this with the repair mechanic from Fallout 76. Which, by comparison... Okay, so I'm used to playing Fallout 76 as the most recent Fallout I played. If you eat some gunfire for a little bit, your fucking armor is is shit-ass. In Fallout New Vegas, playing on hardcore mode, even, uh, I was able to take direct fire, grenades, etc., and the repair on my stuff goes down very little. It's very lenient in that way. It's really just something you have to think about in the back of your mind. It is a stat you can increase, uh, which allows you to repair. It, it gives you a reason to get duplicates of the same item. Right. Which I personally enjoy. Yes. It, it, it gives you a constant fuel progression. Right. Even if it, even if you don't... Well, as, as armor weapons... Uh, ar- I'm sorry. As armor articles uh, degrade, the defense rating on them goes down as well. Yeah, so there's this thing in Fallout 4 that is such a weird place so they have the whole weapon mod system, right? But there's no durability to a weapon. So if I get a submachine gun and trick it the fuck out, I kill an enemy, they also have a submachine gun that's tricked the fuck out. Why would I want to pick it up? Why don't I just change my current one? Because you can turn it into screws and steel. Yeah, there, yeah <laughs> there's there's not really any yeah. reason. Whereas in New Vegas, oh, I have a varmint alt rifle already, but I came across another one. Well, yeah. at least I can pick it up and use it to repair It adds repair to the, the RPing aspect of it, too, because as your weapons degrade, not only do they do less damage, they can begin to jam. Yeah. Uh, so while you're firing them, they could be fucked up. While you go to reload them, you could have to reload it a second time. And then when you're getting attacked crucial. by Cazadors, yeah. is goddamn yes. terrifying. So in hardcore mode, your health goes down very quickly, but the degradation on your uh, items and stuff are the same as they are in the regular mode. I'm yeah. playing on hardcore again. Uh, and again, something I noticed, compared to the Fallout 4 hardcore mode, which is for masochists only, it's fucking insane. The hydration, the food, the sleep meter, very manageable. In fact, you will forget about them most of the time you're playing. It's just something that's there, and eventually you will get thirsty, or you will get hungry, and you'll you'll have your fucking nuts or whatever you're carrying with you to eat, your purified water or whatever. It just adds to something you have to do. You'll find yourself sleeping at night. Not only is it more dangerous at night with the lack of visibility, uh, but you'll find yourself, I need to sleep at some point in this game. It might as well be during the nighttime. So you kind of plan your day in New Vegas. So I'm like, what can I do? It's it's 10 a.m. now. I'm going to go do the side quest and come back and then go to sleep. Now that I'm in Novak myself, I have the motel room there, which is kind of my base of operations where I can dump things I want to keep, sell things to the Dino Mike gift shop, etc. Uh, so that's kind of uh, weapon and, and armor management. There are different classes of armor. There's light, medium, heavy. They weigh more in your inventory, uh, which becomes very important, especially they in hardcore down mode. Movement speed, but not, right. not anything too crazy. As someone who often wears light armor, I always find the the movement speed decrease really a bummer. Uh, so I always try to stick to light armor. No, I, I'm a medium armor kind of guy. I really like the riot gear that you can buy out of the vendor and the in the... Yeah, what's you always the, talk about this ride. What's here. the DLC that I? The Gunrunners Arsenal? No, 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 no. Lonesome Road. No, no, no. So Lonesome Road, the DLC, you can access it between uh, Nipton and the Ranger Station. Right. Um, Only the DLC itself is rated for like level thirty plus. Yes, right? but you don't have to fight any enemies in the very beginning, and you can access this vending machine that, if you have five thousand caps, you can buy factionless riot gear. Yeah. So it's the riot gear off the cover of New Vegas. Um, except this is factionless, so you won't be disguised as anything, which is perfect yeah armor looks great has a great armor rating yeah it's just uh it's good stuff that's a that's a little trick 
from Reed. Yes. Well, uh, I did not do that, even though I have the DLC. So I'm just kind of wearing whatever I got. I do it's have the... All, it's the only DLC you haven't played, if I'm correct. About that, that is correct. I have never... I haven't completed Old World Blues, and I have never touched the Lonesome Road. Yeah, and as opposed to that, the only DLC I have played is Lonesome Road. Well, shit. <laughs> then we complete each other. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of what we want to talk about for New Vegas right off the top. Let's talk about the trip through Prim. Uh, so... Your character, still looking for answers to who shot him and where they have gone, has finds himself in Prim. There is an NCR camp just outside. Uh, they are just kind of posted up. They have landmined the bridge so that the raiders can't come across. Yeah, but in the town proper, yeah, we got problems. A bunch, yeah, very recently, a bunch of raiders have uh, seemingly taken over the town. The Bison Steve Hotel and Casino. The, yeah, and they have taken uh, the sheriff of the local yes. town settlement. Where do you want to the call deputy. it? Hostage. Yeah. The deputy. So, uh, <laughs> so you you head into town. Uh, there's a couple guys just kind of milling around in front of the casinos. You take them out. Uh, the NCR not really willing to do anything. They're just kind of holding their own ground. You find the Mojave Express, which is the courier service that you were hired by. Uh, when you go into the Vicky Vance Casino, which is across the street where all the current residents of Prim are holed up, uh, you find the proprietor of the Mojave Express, and you kind of explain to him what happened uh, to you. He suggests. You should talk to the deputy uh, because I think he knows where those guys were headed. The deputy, unfortunately, as you mentioned, kidnapped in the Bison Steve Hotel. Uh, this You can also push this guy in for information at this point, and he tells you that you weren't the only courier. There were multiple couriers that were uh, signed up to carry some seemingly uh, unimportant things, such as a pair of dice, a chess piece. Yeah, actually, uh, if you go to the Mojave Express office in the same yeah. town, there's a dead courier just outside his door. Yes. And if you check his note, he has been asked to escort a pair of large fuzzy dice. Right. Uh, the other thing that he mentions to you is it, it was uh, Victor the robot who hired uh, hired the six couriers. He's like, here's the things. I need these delivered. Uh, so something's going up. Someone's killing these couriers. There's something more to the thing you were carrying that you don't know yet. So let's go into the Bison Steve and shoot the fuck out of it. <laughs> um, um, it should be noted also before this, if you talk to Johnny uh, Nash, who is the... The guy I was just talking yes. about. Yeah. So if you ask him about um, your delivery specific, and this yeah. has a lot to do with Lonesome Road, but this was added in the game before Lonesome Road even came out, which right. I think it's so interesting. He just goes, no, we had another it's courier. How can you plan out your game? <laughs> yeah, he's like, we had another courier that was going to take your specific package. And then then saw he your saw name. your name, yeah. and he said, you know what, let him take it. I'm not going to touch this one. Yeah. And, like, if you played this game before Lonesome Road came out, you'd just be like, okay, that's weird. Maybe it'll come out later. And it never does until Lonesome Road. And the whole DLC is essentially about that one little line in that game. And that's so fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, there's also a robot working in the Vicky Vance that'll tell you all about it. Vicky Vance uh, were robbers. They were like a... Like a Bonnie and Clyde type. Yeah. They're, sh they're shot up cars there. And then if you do a side quest later, you can get their uh, submachine gun yeah. as well. Uh, so... Uh, you can also gamble in this casino. It's the first casino in the game, by the way. Um, I've never gambled. Never gambled. Never gambled. There, uh, so you can exchange your caps for like uh, chips, essentially, and then gamble in all the casinos in the game, including Vicky Vance, uh, where you can play VLT machines or uh, cards. And, yeah, just like any self-respecting RPG, right? Money at some point becomes no object. And uh, you know, speaking of Gwent, uh, <laughs> Fallout New Vegas has its own. A card game called Caravan. And if you can explain to me how that fucking card game I've works. I've never played it before. No? No. Uh, so another thing in the game is you can buy cards. Like you make your own deck in Caravan. So while you're out in the world or while you're at merchants and stuff, you're buying single playing cards to make a deck to play this game with. And I've tried playing it a few times. I, I off the top of my head, could not tell you how it works. Yeah, no, I have works. no interest. I'm but playing are, New uh, Vegas. Just like I played Witcher 3 to play Witcher 3. Yeah. I am playing New Vegas. New, play New Vegas. 
I don't ter- shit on Gwent because no. everybody says it's... Gwent's like a standalone game now. Yeah, people are so hyped about Gwent. Um, I don't shit on it at all. for Gwent. But there's so much to do in, in Witcher 3. I did not want to do a 60-hour sidetrack. But it's there. Yeah. Uh, so like all great games, New Vegas offers you this whole thing where you can find people to play yeah, caravan it's against. Yeah, it's this whole other yeah. game inside the game. If you, so, if you so choose, you want to follow that that's, path. That's your thing. Uh, so when you get to the Bison Steve, there are raiders kind of uh, sprinkled throughout. There is a large hall in the back of the, I believe, second floor uh, where the leader of these guys is hanging out, and he's got an incinerator weapon. No, which... not, no they're all on the main floor. It's all on the main floor? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so depending on your lockpicking skill, you can get to them very quickly and, and sneak in through the back of the kitchen. Yeah. Um, you find the deputy. He's tied up in the kitchen. In my particular hardcore mode playthrough I just played, uh, I'm using explosives, which can be a very dangerous... So you killed him? I killed him. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, when you go to speak to him, he basically asks you to, to free him. When you do, he either uh, runs away or you can force him to stay and fight with you, which could result in his death. As we mentioned, NPCs can die, and the game is written around the fact that if someone is dead... There's another solution. There's either another solution or, or that's quest. it. Yeah. yeah, But in this particular uh, case, there's, there, there is another solution. In that he has the information on his body. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he, was, he stayed tied up you in the kitchen. You can also pickpocket him. Oh, yeah? Yeah, when he's tied up, you can pickpocket so him. You and fuck get the that guy. Yeah. And then just fucking... You could kill everybody in that hotel. Which I did. Pickpocket him. <laughs> Not intentionally. And then he'll but... just stay there tied up forever. It's hilarious. Yeah. So the thing about explosive skills and the thing about uh, hardcore mode is if a grenade is any... If you are anywhere within the radius of a grenade, your arms are crippled. Your legs are crippled. Your head <laughs> is crippled. Uh, so using explosives is very challenging in that... As soon as I am crippled, your throw has a chance of just landing at your feet. So at this point in the game, I have my like China Lake grenade launcher that I got with the DLC that loads up automatically. And I'm like, that'll be useful. It shoots 40 millimeter uh, grenades. Then I have my dynamite. Uh, so <laughs> these motherfuckers start rushing down this hall at me. And I'm like, well, all the- they have a few 9 millimeters and stuff. I've opened a door, so I have some cover. It's hardcore mode. you got to fucking consider that shit. Uh, and without thinking, I start just lobbing dynamite down this thing, and I'm killing them, and I'm killing them, and then I go into vats with the grenade launcher and shoot it once, and it fucking slow motion bounces off this guy's shoulder and into the back of that kitchen area, it's just like, oh yeah, that deputy's dead. <laughs> I'm like, oh fuck. Um, so I didn't want to reload, because I had done so good in the fight up till then, and I know he can die. That's the benefit of having played this game to fucking death. Um... So with him dead, you find the note, you find out that it's, it sounds like a group of uh, great cons, and this guy with the checkered suit is traveling with them, uh, and they're headed uh, south through uh, towards towards Novak, or through Nipton, or whatever it to is. Get to, the strip. to get to the Strip. Uh, as we mentioned on the last episode, you can go north to the Strip, which as the crow flies is way sooner to get there, but it goes through a quarry full of death claws and other dangerous things. Cazadors. Fucking Cazadors, man. Cazadors. Because they look like bloat flies at first. You're like, these guys aren't no shit. And they just tear yeah. apart. And they're like, yeah. done fucked up. Uh, I also did this. So uh, at this point, uh, Johnny Nash, I got, based on what you just called him, is his name. Uh, he tells you, listen, we need Kevin a deputy. Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash <laughs> needs a deputy in this town. Uh, and who better than uh, Diesel. Decent. So you have a few options at this point. You can reprogram the robot in the Vicky Vance Casino to if become you the have, sheriff. If yeah. you have 55 repair or 65 right. science. You could convince the NCR to look over the town, but they're fucking no nothing, do-nothing assholes, so fuck them. Uh, or you can no, seek out the, the previous deputy it's sheriff. That, it's not that the NCR assholes about it, but and this is going to be coming up later once we get to Caesar's Legion and their ideologies, but... 
NCR is like, yeah, like we'll protect the citizens and like we'll station up here and everything, but there's going to be a heavy taxation on this town. Lots right. of people just simply don't have the money to pay for such things. Democracy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you have to constantly switch back and forth between the nearby NCR station to relay these messages and stuff like that. And yeah. that's how you can, that's the easiest way to do the sheriff thing, unless you have. But at this point, it's very rare that you would have 55 in repair or 65 in science. Unless, unless you're, you're focused on that. Unless yeah. you just blitzed for it, which I, in my case, I'm doing. I'm going for yeah. a very high science to start. High um, science. Yeah, so I can uh, do that. So the Powder Gangers, which we mentioned in the last episode, they are based in an NCR Correctional Institute or whatever. Uh, that's nearby. This is all kind of within like a few square kilometers we're talking about here. Yeah. You can fast travel between them. So I did the whole Power Gangers side quest uh, where you deal with Eddie, who is the leader. Uh, you learn that, yeah, there are a bunch of convicts that broke out of jail and they're kind of a gang now. But there is some structure to them. Uh, they aren't seemingly willy-nilly attacking people on the road. Uh, they're rationing food, etc. They're bad guys and they are threatening people and will get violent if necessary. So at your own... Uh, Whatever. You do find the sheriff in the canteen area of this prison, uh, who you can recruit uh, to be part of the of the prim experience yeah. there. Uh, but you do have to clear his name with the NCR uh, and explain that, hey, this guy's on the level now. He's going to do this for you. I did all those quests, and at the very end of it, uh, you learn that the NCR are planning to attack the prison. Uh, which is super funny because Eddie's does the, uh, the like Scorpio Simpsons thing where he's just like, if you could kill a few people on your way out, you'd really be helping me out. Uh, <laughs> and then I just kind of like casually, I'm just like, there's like sirens going off, like the music is swelling and you just hear like gunfire going on. I'm just like casually like strutting out. Um, but the cool thing about this is you will find dead NCR soldiers when you come back to this place because inevitably the powder gangers do win this fight. Or you could just hang out and watch them kill each other. Yeah, which is kind of fun uh, in its own right. So... Uh, when you take the NCR gear, you can dress as a member of the NCR, uh, which will allow uh, soldiers will help you if they find you out and about. Uh, you can talk to them. Sometimes there's ex- there's uh, speech options you don't get, but not a whole lot. Mostly it is uh, wearing the faction armor changes who I, will attack or not attack yeah, you, I, or if you are vilified by the NCR, yeah, the, wearing their thing as a disguise. So the, the, the thing about disguises is there's only one story quest where it's essential if you were a story, or you're a disguise, otherwise it'll be, the mission will be very, very difficult. Besides that, the only real use I find for disguises is if you're vilified or hated by a particular group and you don't want to get shot on sight. Yeah. Besides that, I don't find a lot of use for it, because... If I go up to a story character like um, like a lieutenant at uh, at the airport station, if I'm wearing a disguise or if I'm not, he does not differentiate between that because it's not in a script. He knows every single soldier in his army. No, he, he knows just, you're not. <laughs> he just knows that you're the courier. Like he's yeah. still going to be like, "Hey, did you get those bounties for me?" He's not going to be like, "Report for duty, soldier." Yeah. So there's not really anything to do with that in regards to this prison stuff. I think I've only actually done it like twice. Yeah. It's not on the direct road, which is why I keep missing it for some reason. It's huge. It's it's, <laughs> but it's kind of near like the the Brotherhood uh, hidden bunkers. Not quite. It, it's it's along that area. It's, um, it's on the same like line of longitude, but it's very far away in terms eh, of walking. Is it? I guess. I never see this. Uh, this I'm in Novak right now, and I, I am closer to the bunker now than I was at the prison. Yeah, I never yeah. see the prison, though. I don't know why I always miss it, but yeah, I do. fucking just don't um, care about them. So I've only done it, like, twice. But usually what I'll end up doing for the sheriff thing is um, if you get liked enough by a certain faction, you will they will give you a key to a particular, like, stash of goods they have somewhere else out in the Mojave. 
So how you get the iconic riot gear from the cover of the game is to become liked or idolized by the NCR. So early things that you can do to do this is getting the NCR to become the new sheriffs of this town. That goes a long way to getting you to that like status. Yeah. So if that's your that's your goal to get cool armor along with some really cool weapons through the NCR. This is a very essential place to do it because it's a very easy mission to get lots of good reputation from the NCR. Right. Uh, so I go, I come back to the the prison afterwards. NCR soldiers everywhere. I take their service rifles, which are really awesome early on in the yeah, game. Yeah. Uh, and then I look at the depleted powder gangers, and Eddie's dead. My contact, the leader of the powder gangers, is dead. I'm standing in this room. I turn around. I count seven powder gangers. Okay. And I shut the door. <laughs> okay. And I murdered the rest of them. Okay. Uh, took out their depleted numbers, looted everybody in the in the town. Went to Good Springs where Trudy and me are real tight. Sold everything to her. Made thousands of caps. Uh, loaded myself as hardcore mode. Loaded myself on food and provisions. Back through Prim. Reinstated the sheriff uh, from the Powder Gangers place. Made sure he got out before I killed everybody. Just to mention, he's got a big Stetson cowboy hat, so it's easy to pick him up. And now it's time to keep marching down the road. Uh, and the first thing we find is the NCR outpost. Um, well, the thing is, on your way, you're going to uh, you're going to Nipton. If now, you're following right? the highway, you go to Nipton. Yeah, there, so, there are reasons to go to the NCR a, outpost. There's a yes. fork in the road, so if you go if you go left, you're going to go to Nipton, and yes. if you go keep going to the right, you're going to wind up at the NCR station. They're about equal distance from each other. Right. So if someone who's played the game 50 times said, "I've never been to the NCR station," I'd be like. I believe you. I believe, uh, there, I believe there are two huge metal statues uh, that lead you to this thing. Also, we find uh, one of the later companion characters uh, at this place as well. And uh, we will get into companions probably at a later episode, I'm yeah. guessing. Uh, um, and then there's there's some random quests to run around here. There, also, All the quests at the Sincere Station are mainly very quick. I don't want to say fetch quests, but right. it's like checking out a town to make sure it's fine. The uh, game, clearing a road of The critters. game is keeping you on track, because I always go to this outpost station, because they have a great store there, for one. Uh, but you find a uh, sniper spotter named Ghost, and she's on top of one of the, on the barracks building. And if you haven't been to Nipton yet, she mentions, we haven't had response from Nipton, I can see smoke on the horizon. If you go there, report back to me what you find. Um, so it's like, well, I guess yeah. there's nothing left to do. <laughs> That's No, that was about to say, too, is that uh, NCR Station is a great place to get really quick quests done. Um, get more NCR fame, mm-hmm. such as the ghost one. Clear. Take out. a nap. The barracks is open to everyone to sleep. Yeah, taking out uh, critters on the road. But more importantly, there is um, uh, there's a vendor here. I shouldn't call him a vendor, but he has a hundred repair skill. Yeah. So you can get him. Is that, is that Knight or whatever his name is? Yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, Lieutenant Knight. Um, so if you need anything repaired and you don't have uh, any items to repair it with, or your repair skill sucks ass, but you have the caps for it. He will repair anything in your inventory to full durability yeah. Yeah, if you have yeah. the caps for it. This guy's a lifesaver lay in the game when you have tons of caps, but you're not finding three anti-material rifles hanging around. Right. So you just go there, you put in 2,000 caps, bam, it's back to brand new. Blowing heads off. Yeah, so you'll be using this ranger station a lot, mainly just for Lieutenant Knight. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, we're quickly running out of uh, time on part two here. So we find ourselves approaching the town of Nipton. The music gets fucked up. You see billowing smoke rising from the buildings. You see open fires. And then a gentleman comes sprinting out of the town towards you. Woohoo! I and just he, won the he, fucking lottery. Yes, yeah, so you're like, hey, man, you, you feeling all right? He's like, am I feeling all right? I won the fucking lottery. You hear what I fucking said? Uh, yeah, woohoo. And then he kind of runs off. Uh, you can kill him, whatever you want. You know, it's Fallout New Vegas. 
Uh, and you're f- just like, oh, that's strange. He didn't specify. Yeah, what the fuck was that about? Uh, as you get closer to the town, you realize it has been raised to the ground. Uh, there are that, people crucified on yes, telephone poles. civilians are crucified on telephone poles, many of which are still alive. You can do the merciful thing and put them out of their misery if you so choose. Um, there's this neat little moment. If you go into the first store in the entrance of the town before you really get into the main street, there's another guy in there who's also a powder gang member. The guy who won the lottery was a powder gang member, either. As are most of the people who are crucified. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you go into the store, you find another powder gang member, except he's sitting on a chair. And he just goes, what the fuck do you want? And you're like, well, what are you doing here? He's like, I got second place in the lottery, which is why my legs are broken. You're like, what do you mean? He's like, we all drew lots because Caesar's Legion attacked. We all drew lots. Whoever won the lottery got to walk free. Second place got their legs broken. You already know what happened to everybody else. Yeah. And that's all the people crucified just outside the store. So, you uh, you approach the town hall, which is uh, where Ghost tells you to go. Actually, she says, if anyone's still alive, they'll be in the town hall. As you approach, uh, a legate and some of his men come walking down. Uh, they are fully armed, Some of them holding, most of them holding spears. I think only the leader has an actual gun. They have dogs with them, large yeah. attack dogs. His name is Legate. Um, Something. <laughs> Lucius. Lucius. Whatever the case. He... And he's wearing a fucking dog head. Yeah, so he uh, he threatens you? He does not threaten you, he just says, I'm glad that you're here, because we needed someone to witness this Right, occasion. which is presumably what the winner of the lottery was meant to be. Yeah, uh, so... and it's, it's giving you this idea that Caesar's Legion definitely is this antagonistic force, and they're very cruel and everything. But they're subtly, very gently placing this idea that they're not cruel without a purpose. They're not cruels for cruel sake. There is a, I don't want to say logic, but if they were just cruel for cruel sake, they would have just fucking murdered you right then and there because they're like, oh, another person. But they didn't. They have clear orders and they follow those orders and they don't go beyond or or uh, right. below those expectations. So. Uh, you talk, what you want to do with this group of uh, legionaries is completely up to you. I usually engage them in battle as they have a lot of good shit on them. Right. And they, even at this early state in the game, it's not about pulling out a gun and getting in a shootout with them. It's about getting creative. Yes. So if you sneak around the whole town, there's an, entrance, there's an exit of where this entire group will leave. If you don't trigger the cutscene with these guys, they will not leave the entrance of the town hall. So if you sneak around to this exit... Put a little fragmine down. You put a fragmine bunch of fragmines yeah, yeah. down. They're guaranteed to walk over them, and bam, you're laughing. Yeah. Um, uh, so in this case, he tells you, hey, spread uh, spread news of our uh, atrocities. You actually get a quest at this point to do so, and there'll be certain NPCs in the game to talk to. One of them is the guy at the entrance to the NCR outpost. He will complete the quest. Yeah. Uh, and then and others. And then, of course, you go back to Ghost and tell her what happened to you, and she's like, well... That sucks. Yeah. Uh, what I did was this guy's basically just like, at the end of his speech, he tells you, attack us if you dare, whatever. And they he turns to leave. All of his men walking faster than him get in front of him, and he turns around. And I just happen to have really good sneak skill and explosive skill. Uh, so I just drop to my knees and slip a live grenade in his pocket, and then run into the town hall... Uh, just as I hear them blow up, and I took out every fucking single one of them with one grenade, and I was just like, hell yeah. You go into the town hall, and you realize that these guys have let a dozen dogs loose in this in this town hall, and they have ripped the civilians to shreds. Yes. Uh, you can travel, there's three different floors in this, you find lottery tickets, you can find some, something else we didn't really talk about with New Vegas is the environmental storytelling. Uh, which isn't exclusive to New Vegas. All Bethesda games do it. But it's done to perfection right. in New uh, Vegas. Where you'll be reading logs on terminals, letters, and when you're trying to find out what necessarily went down, 
uh, this is the way to do it. So you go to the mayor's office and there's the lottery tickets. You find bodies strewn everywhere. You kill these dogs and you realize, hey, these Legion guys, probably bad news. Also, this is, as you talk to other characters in the game, this is the furthest west they've ever attacked. They're basically uh, flexing their muscles on the NCR uh, by raising this town. And the, uh, the they're escalating tensions at the Hoover um. Dam. So, just before we end off this episode, I want to say something pretty interesting about this little encounter with Caesar's Legion. If you just follow this group of Caesar's Legion where they're walking, and you have to follow them or else they'll just they'll just disappear off the game. Like, they'll just disappear off a certain point and right. reappear. Right, if you head in the opposite direction. Yes, yeah. but if you are by them at any moment, they won't disappear. They'll just keep walking until you have to go there. So if you keep walking with them, they're guaranteed to pass by an NCR camp. Yes. Where the NCR and these guys will proceed to get into a huge shootout, and you're guaranteed to get good lots of loot. Yeah. So if you feel a little bit cheeky... If you're not like me and can't slip a live grenade into his pocket... No, because uh, you can get some NCR loot too at the same time. You can uh, double down here. Uh, I also saw one time I was just traveling on the highway just, just past Nipton, and I look up and there's two legionaries sitting in a bush with spears... I'm like, what the fuck are these two assholes doing? And then I look further up the path, and a traveling merchant and a Brahmin are uh, are coming their way. And I'm like, yeah, this is a guaranteed this is a guaranteed encounter yeah, every time. These but this is after Nipton, right? Yeah. Uh, so as soon as they they attack, I I blew up both their heads from a safe distance. No, I let them kill each other. Again. Yeah, I've I've more or less uh, I'm at odds with the Legion at this point. The the character, the way I'm role playing him is. Uh, I am stealing everything and uh, playing everybody against each other. So it's always a both sides things, but I will usually side I, with the innocent. Yeah, I will be playing more likely a Mr. House playthrough this time. And sure. that'll make more sense once we get to a later episode. But that means I'm not playing any side particularly. I'm not trying to anger nor right. get in the good graces of either the NCR or Caesar's Legion. I'm using, my, them, yeah. I'm using them to my benefit without angering the other, but I'm going to be in more the, or less the siding with the innocent playthrough usually ends with the your, yourself ending let's say uh, and we'll of course get that well mr right. house is different than the than the wild card ending yes wild card ending is i think what yeah we're probably heading towards uh there is way more to talk about new vegas after you leave nipton and the horrifying scene there you find yourself heading towards novak that has a big old tyrannosaurus to check out uh and a ghoul problem as we draw ever closer to the strip, uh, you learn along the way you're just just steps behind uh, Benny, the man in the checkered suit, and the great cons. Uh, and we learn some crucial information in Novak about who the great cons are uh, and where Benny might be headed for a confrontation at con- bleh, con- confrontation at Boulder City. Um, we'll hopefully get to all that in part three. When part three will be, it's kind of left a little ambiguous right now in case we can't record in here. But we'll 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 do something because we need to. Yeah. New Vegas uh, will be spoken of again, whether it's next week or not. It's kind of up in the air as things change rapidly. Uh, but yeah, stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to the Public Beta Podcast. We'll have something out one way or the other next week and on Friday regarding wrestling. Because there's some weird-ass wrestling that I'm sure it's going to go down tonight that we need to talk about. That's it. For myself, Lee, and for Reed, that's the Public Beta Podcast. Talk to you next week.